How's it going, everybody? Lucas Buckley, Joe Marino here, Charging Buffalo Podcast, chargingbuffalo.net, post-draft edition of the pod. Back here after a uh, week-long, well, technically two weeks, I think, uh, break away from... What should we call it? The stu- from the Charge Buffalo Studio, but I was thinking on the way here, it's more like a bunker. Yeah, I would, I would you tend know, to the, agree. The, the, the ceiling is very low. Uh, it's quite dingy. Cracked. I feel like we are hiding from an invading army. That's <laughs> the uh, TCB trying to take us. The TCB fear bunker. We'll call it that. That's right. Uh, the, the tanks are overhead. Is that correct? Yeah, yes, yeah. Yes. There we go. Well, we, we're down we, in the trenches. We're down. We so we walked down uh, to what is essentially the the cellar of this of the building, the basement of the building. And when we opened the door uh, to the hallway, we are met by just a tidal wave of, of wind. Fans. Of and we look to our left, and there's three fans set up perfectly. They, I mean, they're all pretty much the same angle and everything, but <clears throat> three very low to the ground fans. Full blast. Full blast. And I think they must have been drying off the floor because it looked as though there was a bucket that you dip the mop in and spruce yeah, around. Yeah, good old mop bucket. Yeah, good old bucket there, and you dip it in and then uh, rub the floor, right? Typical janitor thing. Yeah. Uh, and I think they were drying the floor because the floor was quite sticky. Um, who knows? Maybe with all the rain being down here, what if there was a flood? Yeah, there could have been a flood. Could have been a flood. The, that's not out of the, the fear room. bunker is okay though no yes. no damages that's, we can tell wow see that's you know you know how stadiums have nicknames the charge and buffalo podcast studio or whatever we call it is the fear bunker the fear bunker we'll yeah. call it that for mm-hmm. now on live yeah. from the fear bunker live from the fear bunker well uh how are you feeling after this draft i like the draft a lot I think this might be, I don't know. I I can't remember a more recent draft where I was more confident in all of their selections than this one. I feel like 70% of that has to be contributed to the fact that they drafted a bunch of Russians. Yeah, least. I mean, I don't think I ever brought it up. I might. I feel like I might have brought it up on the podcast, but I think one of the biggest questions going into this draft was, okay, let's see if the question that I wanted to find out is, are they for real different this time, yeah. or is it all just smoke and mirrors and blowing smoke up our butts? And I think one of the biggest things here was, are they going to draft a Russian? And I think they proved that right out the gate. They drafted three in a row. <laughs> they drafted many a Russian. Yeah, they drafted four Russians in this draft. Um, but yeah, I mean, and they, like, if we go back in time, as I mentioned before, I, I'm very I'm very happy with this draft. Like, I have no complaints, really. I mean, they did draft Owen Power first overall, but I like Owen Power. I like him a lot. He was third on my list. More, I think more and more I think about it, he was probably leaning more towards two. I still would prefer Eklund at one. We ended up going seventh to the Sharks, which good on them for getting a steal there. But, yeah, I mean, you go power first. He's going to go back to school. I think he's going to have a dominant sophomore year at Michigan, and I think a lot of the Owen Power doubters are going to look stupid, honestly. Uh, you go with Pro Tour. Oh my goodness! Pulkov, Protor Poltakov. Yes, yes, yes. I, I, his last name escaped me for a second. I called him Pol Pot <laughs> when we drafted him. I would have never thought that he was going to be their pick. Honestly, when I was doing my prep for the draft, I just figured they're not going to draft a Russian. I'm not going to look at the Russians. Uh, I, I know that he was a very good prospect, and I re- recognized him from the World Under 18s. He had a pretty solid tournament. Uh, and I looked at, I think I watched two games worth of film on him after the draft. He is amazing. Oh my God. A He's zone, a scary, scary looking dude. A zone entry freak. This guy carries the puck and Jerry Fortin described him as a power forward. You wouldn't think he is a power forward by, uh, looking at his height and weight, but man, this guy's a bull. He's really skilled and they really went with skill. 
this draft, and I love it from almost top to bottom, really. I don't know much about their fifth, sixth, and seventh round picks, but they really went into skill, and you can't really say that about any draft going back for the last 10 years. You want to know something about seventh round pick uh, Kisikov? Uh, he Second round pick. He was second. Kisikov was second. Yeah, Kisikov was the Bruins who's, pick. Who's uh, who's who's uh, um, Zardarian? Zardarian. He was the third round pick. Third, but no, seventh rounder. Who was um, Novikov? Novikov. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I got their their defenseman mixed up. The second uh, defenseman. Yes, they but the second round pick, who has a K in his name. Yeah, uh, Alexander Kisikov. He played in a tournament yes, in his I saw youth that today. in Buffalo. I think it was John Vogel yeah. who tweeted U- that. U-12 tournament mm-hmm. in Buffalo. So how cool is that? Another Russian to the NH- to the to Buffalo connection. Remember, mm-hmm. there was the pictures of Ovechkin wearing the Sabres stuff yeah. uh, when he was younger. So I think that's pretty cool that it leads him back here. Mm-hmm. And he actually has a chance to make the league then if he was a second-round yeah. pick too. He so. was – I believe he was the leading point scorer in the league he was playing, and I don't remember if it's the MHL or the NHL. There was VHL, a lot of guys but... who were chosen who played in the MHL the and um, the other junior league over there. The, 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 the VHL. Yes, uh, but guys who played in all three leagues even went at, at varying mm-hmm. points. They're I not saying just the Sabres. But, both um, of the Sabres second-round picks at least had a – cup of coffee in the khl i don't think they did much it might have been like one or two games but well as i proved just about 45 minutes ago not 45 minutes 45 seconds ago uh you got i'm humbled to be in a group of guys like all of you at the charge in buffalo who who study the prospects uh, cause I'm obviously the the podcast <laughs> extraordinaire uh and speaking of prospects you're you're excited for and, and uh you know exciting playmaking prospects watching the clips posted at the charge buffalo uh twitter page i'm very excited for isaac rosen just I the, am the too. tiny bit i know he only averaged five minutes of ice time per game uh yeah. where he played but uh no seeing uh just his movement his quickness is quite exciting obviously has the skating of a prospect right but if that can improve and it will um, could be a, a great player for us down the line. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I'm really excited about him. Goal scorer. And that's another thing. They really addressed goal scoring. Speed, skill, goal scoring. Like, they got it all here. And it's very exciting because if you look at last year's draft, Jack Quinn, goal scorer. Uh, look at this year, Isaac Rosen, or Rosine. I don't know how we're <laughs> pronouncing it, but goal scorer. Uh, Pulta- that's probably like Callie Rosen. He's a sweet, yeah. right? Or Cal? He Rosen, has the he has the E accent oh, over his name, so I think it might be Rosine. But I'm sure once he's in North America, it'll be just Rosen. We'll find out. But uh, Poltikov, goal scorer. Mm-hmm. Kisikov, goal scorer. Like they got some goal scorers here. When this rebuild ends, you're gonna have some guys who are gonna score goals, and that's gonna be fun because we didn't really have that coming out of the last rebuild. But yeah, Rosen, I wouldn't. He wasn't. On my radar for that pick, I really wasn't expecting him to be their selection. I thought uh, I thought they were going to go with Jesper Wallstedt. I really thought they were going to pick the, a goaltender there because I thought that was good value. 14th overall, Wallstedt was probably consensus top 10 pick. Uh, I'm thinking about uh, Fabian Lysel as mm-hmm. well, who he ended up going to Boston. Those were two of the main guys. Also, uh, the guy the Jets picked. Chaz Lucius. Chaz Lucius. Mm -hmm. I was thinking about him, too. There were some good players available, but I don't think uh, Rosen was that much of an off-the-board pick. I just would have preferred a few other guys. But, yeah, I think he's going to hopefully put on some weight. And as uh, Jerry Fortin was saying in his post-draft pressers this guy just needs to put on some weight because yeah the shot is nhl ready without a doubt i think he's going to score a lot of goals next year in sweden for lexans mm-hmm. uh he i gotta say too he's going to be a uh, rosen is going to be we'll call him that for now he's going to be a joy to listen to on interviews did you have you heard him i talk? didn't listen to his interview no oh he's great he has like a skater guy voice <laughs> it, it's really cool. You gotta listen to him, um, but no, really look forward to it. 
Uh, he's he's going to be a fan favorite. I could tell just yeah. from his personality, listening to him. Uh, but yeah, very exciting group of guys that the uh, Sabers were able to grab. Also, snagged a I don't know if we want to jump into this yet. Right, uh, first round pick somewhere within the next two years, most likely next year. <laughs> most likely next year. Yes, but um, we'll get into that. Yeah, if you uh, have any more comments on the draft. I just want to say the World Juniors is going to be interesting to watch next year yes. because their first four picks are most certainly going to be making a contribution for their teams. Where? Power is going to be on Canada. Uh, Rosen definitely will be playing for Sweden. Also, uh, Pultikov and uh, Kisikov for Russia. Also, Sardarian, you, you never know. He might be on Russia as well. Novikov, camp, at least. Novikov might as well, too, for Russia. He was on uh, the World Under-18 squad, so we'll see about that. I believe uh, Serdarian is going to the USHL. He is, correct? and he's going to go to UNH, University of New Hampshire, right. I believe. Right, so I hope there's no trouble there getting mm-hmm. him out of here to Russia to yeah. possibly attend camp. Mm-hmm. Probably won't be by the time December swings around, but where? what's the host nation? Next year. It's in Canada. Oh, okay. So, yeah. oh, well, maybe there won't be fans, but I hope there's fans. In yeah, definitely. Uh, there were a couple interesting picks here for the Sabres as well. Josh Bloom from the OHL didn't get to play, and I I don't remember if I we talked about it with Curtis at all last week, but I thought it was really smart of the Sabres to go grab a guy in Josh Bloom who he didn't get to play this season because he's, an like we said, an OHL player. Maybe he goes higher if the OHL has a season. So it's kind of a risky pick if you want to call it that. But I, I, I don't mind the pick. That's obviously the, the third-round pick they got in the, the Eric Stahl trade. So, yeah, I, I like it. And also in the fourth round, Oliver Nadeau. Again, they go with two power forwards here in Bloom and Nadeau. And I think right before they made these picks, I was saying, okay, we got our skill. Let's go grab a couple power forwards because we, the Sabres don't really have power forwards in their system. And when I say power forward, I don't mean some goon grinded out fourth liner. I mean Brett Murray. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't mean a Brett Murray. I mean some guy who can skate. And Nadeau and Bloom, by all accounts, seem like Nadeau, those kind of guys. I believe he was one of the picks that the Charging Buffalo boys nailed. Yes, I think we had him a lot higher than where he went. Mm -hmm. And that seemed like to be the case. He he played on a really good line for Shawinigan with, uh, oh my God, Xavier uh, Borgo, who was the first-round pick for Edmonton, and also Maverick Bork, who was a first-round pick for Dallas last year. So uh, there's obviously going to be the question marks, oh, did he produce just because he was playing with two first-round talents? I don't think so because I really believe in this kid. You he, he got good size, 6'2", 204. Definitely someone who's going to be able to put up points. I'm going to be watching him very closely. I think he's an interesting prospect to keep an eye out for. Maverick Bork is a phenomenal name. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and when you look at the Sabres' 5th, uh, 6th, and 7th round picks, I'm not going to lie to you all. I don't, I don't know anything about these folks. Um, I'll read off their names here one more time. They picked some good names, though. Uh, <laughs> first and foremost, we have uh, Velami Mariala from Finland. He completes the Eric Stahl trade. And uh, William von Barkenkau Lofberg, <laughs> who I believe he'll be playing in the Swedish Hockey League next year I for Malmo. Yeah, he put it. I mean, these guys produced, too. Like, that's another interesting thing to keep an eye out for like they produced at all levels and they also picked as we mentioned before Novikov and uh, Tyson Kozak from the Portland Winterhawks so they went hard at forward and they picked players from everywhere which is awesome they didn't just say okay we're only picking college players and Swedes Mm -hmm. they picked players from literally everywhere Quebec Ontario the Western League Russia Finland Sweden and uh, Canada and slash U.S. College with own power. So, yeah, this I give them a two two thumbs up here. All of that with what is presumably still a, a skeleton crew, right in the scouting department too. Of course, they've made some good additions to the front office. I think that the scouting has gotten such 
such over it's been overhyped i'll say mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. like yeah they don't have the scouts but clearly after listening to jerry fortin speak like yeah they have a plan here and i think bringing in uh What's his name? The guy they just brought in, the analytics guys. Yeah, Sam Ventura and their assistant GM as well, uh, Carmanos, Jason Carmanos. It brings structure and credibility to the organization, and those guys are going to be overseeing the scouting staff. Uh, Carmanos, at least. I don't know about uh, Ventura's uh, pulse on the scouting department, if that's applicable at all. But, yeah, I think things are changing here. It seems like their philosophy has changed because mm-hmm. you even look at Murray's drafts. He didn't draft. He didn't like the Russians. He picked. He was the last GM to pick a Russian, but they focused mainly on defense and size, not as much on skill. And I think the Kevin Adams drafts have been eye-opening in that department. Yes. All right. Let's talk about the trades now. A couple. <laughs> Uh, we'll start off on a positive note. The Rasmus Ristolainen trade. I was at work. I was just about to go back from break, and I see tweet, Philadelphia Flyers are pursuing Rasmus Ristolainen. I'm like, oh, my God, yes. The day's finally come. We've been waiting years for it. And then I see Kevin Weeks tweet, two draft picks and a player. And I'm like, oh, man. Mm-hmm. What are we on a couple second-round picks? This is cool. Nice. And I see Robert Hag, and I'm like, nice, okay. We got a nice little depth D. Good start. It's a good start. And then I see the 13th overall pick. Okay, nice. And a 2023 second-round pick. No salary retained. Good, good trade. I give it two thumbs up. I'm very pleased. Uh, I was a little disappointed that I picked Isaac Rosen, but after thinking about it, I don't mind the pick. There were other guys I would have picked in that spot, but, yeah, regardless, good trade. Your thoughts? Yeah, I'm thrilled with it. Uh, and it, it what hurts is that you know you really start at least for me. My perception often changes about these guys when they do their exit interviews, uh, not exit interviews perhaps, but their their Zoom calls with the media after being traded or their their introductory press conferences with the Flyers and seeing these uh, these comments from Ristolainen that have come out today. He really liked the city. It seems. He loved the fans, thanked everyone in the organization. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, you can't ask for more from the guy. Yeah. As a player, it was time to move on, of course. I hope he does swell in Philly. I, You know, again, though, I we, we said this on the last podcast. I think I said it. He's, he's not going to be the guy that wins you a cup. So, I mean... Whatever. Yeah, they really brought got. Ryan Ellison. He's going to be above him on the depth chart. Yes. So maybe he'll be in a role where he's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. We'll see. But they definitely gave up a lot. And if you think about it, too, they gave up a second and a seventh to get to dump Shane Gossespierre mm-hmm. to make this move happen. So if you really think about it, they gave up a first, two seconds, a seventh, and uh, Shane Gossespierre to bring in Rasmus Ristolainen. So they really... So it's going to be a, a much invested. a much different looking defense there for the Flyers. I hear uh, they're season. bringing in uh, Keith Yandel as well. Oh wow! I saw someone tweet that a one year deal. It's going to be older and bigger and different. We'll see how that That's works sure. out for him. A lot less. Uh, I mean, they got rid of a lot of skill on their defense too. I yeah, mean, you get rid of well, Gossespierre leaving is a lot of it. Uh, also, I don't know. Uh, Philip Myers is gone. Yep, yep, he's gone. Uh, I wonder too if it's just giving it's if it's surrounding Ivan Provorov with some different guys. He he took a step Maybe. back last season, uh, and plus on top of that, the Flyers have been one of the most inconsistent teams in, uh, these past couple years. They they're they're known for in one year out the other. So I mean, it's good to to make changes there. Uh, made the Voracek trade as well. so I thought Sabres, that was a good trade for them. Yeah, I think so too. Um, they clear a little bit of money. Atkinson mm-hmm. is still a serviceable player. Yes. And Voracek I, was making eight-plus million. So, yes. And he goes back to a team that he's a little familiar with too. And again, make a change at the top, shake things up a little bit. Uh, but the Sabres were a part of that shakeup, and I think uh, everybody in Buffalo is happy about it. I have to wonder if... The Flyers' owner, 
if he saw the reaction on social <laughs> media somewhere, if he pulled his GM aside and said, what the hell did you do? Like, who who did you just trade for? What did you trade? <laughs> uh, I, I imagine that maybe uh, Fletcher got... They've been little... after him for a few years now, apparently. Yeah, That's what uh, Fletcher said. So we hear, and I wonder if he got a little uh, slap on the proverbial pee-pee there, as we know here in Buffalo. Uh, yeah, that's a, that's a crazy return. <laughs> yes. That's a crazy yes. return. Also, I feel like the Sabres had Isaac Rosen in their top 10. I wouldn't be surprised. They were very high on him. And the Sabres also, uh, when uh, Fortin was on with uh, Howard and Jeremy yesterday, I believe, he said that uh, they considered trading up to get Protor Poltapov as well. So they had him in their 25 range. Mm-hmm. So they were really high on him as well. So And there were some really good players still available once the Sabres came up to pick again mm-hmm. with the uh, 33rd. Aturatu really slid mm-hmm. down. He he got picked one pick before Kisikov. Mm-hmm. I thought maybe if the Islanders didn't pick him, the Sabres like, probably had no choice but to pick him. I know that Curtis came on last week and said avoid Aturatu yes, like the plague. Yes, he was his avoid like but the plague But at, at 52, 53, whatever pick that was, I think you just you pick Atu Ratu and don't look back. And that night, he had a World Junior Summer Showcase game, went out and scored four goals. So I think the Islanders got a steal there. That value, I didn't think he was going to slide that far. I still thought he was going to go late first, early second round. The rich just keep getting richer. Yeah, that's a good pick like. for the Islanders. It is, yeah. he, like, he's going to slot in as likely their second or third line center in a couple years. Yeah, that's that's a good pick for them, especially not having a first-round pick. That's really good value for them. Okay, so now we're going to go on to the disappointment that was on draft night. <laughs> after the many disappointments towards the end of the draft. But I fell asleep right after uh, the Blackhawks pick, and I missed the chatter about the Sam Reinhart trade. Good Lord, they got a first 2022 conditional first-round pick that is top 10 protected. If the Panthers, by some miracle, are picking in the top 10, the Sabres get an unprotected 2023 first. Connor Bedard. And goaltender prospect Devin Levi for the RFA rights to Sam Reinhart. What were your initial thoughts on this? Because I'll tell you, uh, I wanted to puke. So... You you weren't awake to experience uh, the speculation that was going on because Kevin Adams had the press conference saying that it's not appropriate to announce trade this time. And everyone's thinking, well, so clearly somebody in this trade was not informed of that they were traded, most likely. Anton Lundell just so happens to be in Finland and is is, is probably sleeping because there, at the time it's all going down, it's 7.22 a.m., right? So we're like, oh, it's got to be Anton Liddell. He, he, he wasn't told he's sleeping right now. They're waiting for him to wake up and for Panthers management to tell him. I think that's crazy to think Anton Liddell would be a return well, in this trade. I mean, <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think so after the season that, that Reinhardt had. And the season the, the the Panthers had, even, and the yeah. season they probably will have this year, it wasn't going to be Spencer Knight. Uh, because they asked for Knight and, and Eichel trade. They were like, no, no, mm-hmm. which is like, come so, on, man, what are you doing? I know, I know. Uh, but, I, yeah, disappointed, of course. Of course, with what came out after what Reinhardt said, that he was never opposed to signing here. Yeah, he long-term. wanted to sign. And, he and wanted I guess to. the final nail in the coffin was the one-year deal that Kevin Adams gave him mm-hmm. last year. But you can only imagine what's the return if Reinhardt has three years left on his contract right now. Do they trade him at all? Probably. I mean, I don't see why they wouldn't. They're going in a different direction. That's pretty clear. But, yeah, this is all Jason Botterill's fault. And, yeah, after this trade sitting with me for a little bit i don't really care i mean no. they got a first round pick they got a decent prospect it would would have been nice if they got more if you look at it like this way i know people have been saying this okay they traded sam reinhardt and rasmus ristolainen and they got two first round picks one of them being 13th overall a 2023 second round pick and a player in robert hag and a goaltender prospect mm-hmm. yeah 
Yeah, if you if you kind of combine the trades, if you look or, at or if it you that flip, way. If you flip them, the compensation around. I think if Sam Reinhart got the, the 14th overall pick, a 2023 20, second round pick, and Robert Hag, I probably would have been excited. I probably would have been happy with that. Mm. And if Ristolainen got a conditional 2022 20, first round pick, and Devin Levi, I would have been happy with that. So if you look at it like that, yeah, sure. But when you look at it in reality, they got what they got for Ristolainen, and they got what they got for Reinhardt, and they probably should have gotten more. Mm-hmm. But when you look at the circumstances, he's uh, RFA one year away from unrestricted free agency if they can't come to an agreement on a longer-term deal. It is what it is. Uh, it sucks that he's going to Florida, and he's probably going to sign longer-term, and we're going to have to deal with him five, six times a year. But, yeah, I mean, hopefully they got a good player with that 2022 first. Yeah. Hopefully the Panthers aren't that good but aren't too bad. Give me, like, the 13th pick. Panthers are another team, too. You never know what you're going to get from them yeah. in every given season. So, And I'm sure they'll be good because mm-hmm. look at their team. Come on. It's only top 10 protected. It's only top cr- 10 protected, yeah. So okay. if it's like the, if it turns out to be the 11th pick, the Sabres get the 11th pick, and they're going to get a hell of a hockey player with mm-hmm. that pick. That, that That's correct. So, uh, no, that's the thing. With, that's a good thing with, the, with trading it to the Panthers is that much like the Flyers, they can drop down the standings. Yeah, and when you look at it this way, the division is tough. They're back mm-hmm. in a tough division, I guess. Yes, yes. Boston's going to be back. They're going to be making some big moves, I think. They got some cap flexibility. Tampa's going to be Tampa still. Toronto, I I know they're a laughing stock right now, but they're still going to be a playoff team. Uh, Ottawa's going to be better. Montreal just went to the Stanley Cup final. You can't really count anyone out there so maybe they slip out that's the hope mm-hmm. but yeah and eichel didn't get traded obviously right he's still here um, uh, we didn't talk about devin levi which i like the thought but i think the perception of this trade would be a lot different if had they've gotten say owen Tippett instead mm-hmm. of devin levi yeah which from a panthers perspective Dumping Devin Levi off makes sense. You have Spencer Knight. Devin Levi is never going to be your starting goaltender. He's a tradable asset. He only played seven games this year. Played at the World Juniors. Was fantastic. He was awesome. But he didn't get to play at Northeastern. He's he's not. He's probably two three years away still from even signing with the team. Do you think the fact that they had this deal in the pipeline had anything to do with not drafting? Wallstedt? I have a feeling. Yeah. Because if they draft Wallstedt, there's no way that mm-hmm. Devin Levi's a return here. Hmm. I don't know. I feel like going back, I would still draft Jesper Wallstedt with that pick and ho- hopefully get a different piece instead of Devin Levi. But, yeah, who knows? And there's plenty of mystery for the future of the goaltending position. Yeah, they got, on, three, on they got three guys now. You got UPL, uh, Devin Levi, and... Portillo. Portillo. So we'll see. Hopefully one of those guys emerge. And when you look back like four year, four or five years ago, it was kind of similar. You got Cal Peterson, Linus Allmark. They probably had another one of those randoms in there that played during the tank years as well. Jason Kasdorf, remember him? Yeah, Jason Kasdorf. Yeah. I feel like I'm missing someone. Matt Hackett. Like Matt Hackett. There, were, there were all those guys that Andre were. Andre Makarov. Makarov. And we had these same conversations. One of these guys will reemerge as the number one. Hope we're going to be having those discussions over the next couple of years with UPL, uh, Levi, and Portillo. So hopefully one of them yeah. turns out to be good. So it's another, another lottery ball here. Oh, we neglected to mention that the Sabres lost Will Borgen. In the expansion yes, draft. Yes, they did. To no, my I... surprise, I mean, I still don't think he's going to make the team. When you look at all of the roster projections for Seattle, no one has Will Borgen making the team except for people in Buffalo because we overrate our own players. They did trade McDermott, though, mm-hmm. who was projected to be a depth guy for them on defense. So that slides Borgen up. Yes. Yeah, so again, if Borgen doesn't make the team, he gets sent to the AHL. The Sabres can just pick him back up, which mm-hmm. they probably will. I know Kevin Adams was speaking very highly of Will Borgen in his pre-draft presser. So mm-hmm. we'll see what happens. Again, I'm not losing any sleep. And we see why they protected Rasmus for Stalin because mm-hmm. they got that magnificent trade. 
I know people will say, oh, there's no way Seattle would have picked Ristolainen. Heck, yeah, they might have if they saw what kind of return they could have gotten for him. Who knows, though? They passed up on a lot of good players Mm -hmm. who who had flippability as well. Yeah, I wonder if at all... Do you think when expansion teams are coming in, they they ask around the league and say, hey, if we take this player, is there a market for him? Would you want to trade for him? Do you think that's a possibility? Or I don't see why not. It, I know. Uh, or I don't know if it's like tipping your hand kind of. But uh, no, uh, who knows? Um, but good thing indeed that Ristolainen was protected. Uh, it's kind of like the Felino and Ennis thing. They were protected. And then yeah, you, they protected him yeah. and flipped him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Protecting so. a trade. That's right. That's right. You're you're essentially protecting uh, two incoming players. But, uh, no, an exciting week, that's for sure. Uh, had a lot of fun looking at it. Now we wait tomorrow, Wednesday, free agency opens up. Let's uh, let's take a look at the Seattle defense, of course. Yes. And I want you to tell me if Will Borgen's making this team or am yes. I delusional? Mark Giordano, probably going to be their captain. Yeah. Alexiak, Adam Larson, they're locked in there. They just signed longer-term deals. They're going to be on the team. That's three. Will Borgen has to make the top seven. So here's the rest. Carson Soucy, he's probably staying. Team. Like I know uh, Elliot Friedman's mentioned that the Rangers might have some interest in him. But, yeah, he'll be on the team. That's four. Hayden Fleury, they brought him out to Seattle. He mm. was there. He, they had the jersey on. They're keeping yeah. him. Yeah. That's five. Vince Dunn, six. He's going to be on their team. He'll be probably, on the team, right? Like Jeremy Lozon, Will Borgen, Dennis Chalowski, also Gavin Bayreuther and Kale Fleury. I, I imagine that Bayreuther and Fleury are the odd men out there. I mean, would you, would you even put – Chalowski above Borgen? Probably. Just based off he was a first-round pick and he's a couple years younger. Yeah. I mean, why wouldn't you? He's got a higher ceiling. Mm-hmm. And I think Lozon is probably just as good as Borgen. So maybe Borgen makes it simply off the fact that he's a right-handed D. But according to Cap Friendly, Lozon can play both sides. They're the same age. We'll see. I don't know. I, I wouldn't make it a lock that Borgen is making this team. I would give the edge to Shalowski, and I bet the league-wide perception of Jeremy Lausanne is higher than Will Borgen. So maybe Borgen is back in Buffalo. Keep an eye out for that. Definitely keep an eye out. I, I'd agree there, too, that Lausanne is probably more sought after. Yeah, for sure. A lowly Buffalo prospect. but And maybe there's another trade to be had there because, I don't I don't know, they got a fourth-round fourth round pick for Curtis McDermott. So we'll see about that. Yeah, you can tell Jason Botterill had his, uh, his grasp fingerprints. on fingerprints all mm-hmm. over this expansion draft because yes. the forward core is underwhelming. They're apparently signing Jaden Schwartz. That's a really good signing. Mm-hmm. I like that. Uh, I mean, I find it interesting that they're going after UFAs, like a completely different route than Vegas to had. So uh, that's interesting. And you know what? That is a smart move after looking at the projected roster that they showed during the, oh, yeah. the entry draft and seeing Carson Torinsky on the fourth line. Nathan Bastion. Yes. So bringing in some talent that has played a while in the league, that's a good choice. And uh, Schwartz is a yeah, real I was nice gonna player, say, I was going to say today, who's scoring goals for this team? Now mm-hmm. you got Jane Schwartz, Jordan Aberle. Yanni Gord's going to miss some time for you, but you got some talent. I don't think they're – Seeing what they could have been, I would say they could have been a playoff team. Mm-hmm. Pacific is still weak, but I just I don't know. I, I just don't really see it don't here. see it here. I, yeah. I like you said, who's going to score their goals? You could have had Tarasenko. Right. Uh, I I don't think this team will be as competitive as was previously thought. Their defense it, is okay, though. Goaltending is a giant question mark. Mm-hmm. You you remember when Vegas come in the league? I thought they had a. You, yeah, you I thought, thought they, they had were gonna a be good. competitive roster. I thought they were going to be good. I thought you were crazy. I'm not, I'm not getting that impression here. Uh, and they they didn't make the moves. I feel like that Vegas made. Where's Juju. their Jonathan Marchessault and right. Riley Smith? Where's their Riley Smith? Um, Where's their Mark Andre Fleury? Right. They definitely did not get their Mark Andre Fleury. They don't have their Shea Theodore. Mm. They I don't, don't have their Alex Tuck. I'm not seeing it here. <laughs> no, I'm just right. Not seeing it, it. This was a. It was a straight up 
expansion draft, right? It was, yes. it was by the book. It's the NHL 21, uh, yes. no side deals, yes. take, take what you get. Yes, yes. So, see, I am happy I did not put in the extra effort to make any side deals. I did, and I our, look like a moron. In our mock draft. I feel like you might have gotten more picks correct than I did. Well, I don't know, but... It was probably close. I, I, I know. I, I felt good. I got all three of the goalies right, though. Did you? Yes, I did. Wow. I had Drieger, Vanacek, and Decord. Yes, when they when they chose Decord, I was like, "Wow, Joe Joe actually hit that in the head there." They had some decent options available from Ottawa too. But, they they really yeah. did. I th- I think I went with uh, Joshua Brown mm-hmm. as their pick, uh, but I, I love the Vanacek pick. I do. We, I mean, we talked about that. Thank you, everybody. If you listened, by the way to that entire two-hour experience that we published. <laughs> that, was, that was a fun one. <laughs> it was Again, fun. thanks to Curtis for hopping on with yes, us. Yes, yes. Very smart that Curtis is. Uh, and we talked about Vitek Vanacek uh, perhaps being a bit underrated last mm-hmm. year, but then again, it was from a Sabres fan's perspective. Yeah. Also, side note on Curtis, I don't think he's going to be with the Charging Buffalo for much longer. I think uh, he's, he's, uh, he's going to be poached up by an NHL team. That yeah. guy, he, he, he knows his he, stuff. He darn well should be. He should be. He knows his stuff. And yes. I, before we move on here, uh, I want to thank everyone for uh, reading our draft guide. It was, Jared did a great job putting it together. Uh, very proud of our group. We It was a great job. Well done from everyone. Austin, Curtis, Walt, Jared, myself, my uh, Curtis as well. I don't want to forget anyone. You but, mentioned Paul? And Paul. And Paul. Can't forget Paul Zook. Yes. Uh, yeah, everyone did a great job, and I hope everyone enjoyed it. Dan, did you see those numbers for the Twitter page? Yes. Uh, Lots of engagement. Outstanding engagement. Thank you to everybody who the Charge Buffalo was their destination of choice uh, for their draft coverage. I think the guys killed it. I don't know who was running. um, I know Austin was clipping stuff up. Mm -hmm. uh, But whoever was posting clips of guys, I mean, that's that's way ahead of the curve. And this is – I listen, if it – Folks, full transparency here. If it's me praising the guys at Charge Buffalo, don't think it's biased because I'm a lot more closer to one of you, the listeners, than I am to one of the guys here on the actual in the in the actual crew. Because these <laughs> these guys do a lot of the, the heavy work. They're they're well, I don't know. Are you guys the ditch diggers or am I the ditch digger? Uh, are we all ditch diggers? We're all ditch diggers okay, in the grand diggers. scheme of things. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh but no, phenomenal. Co- I mean, listen, I I was going to our page to get my info. So that's I, I a lot. bet a lot more were mm-hmm. as well. Yes. There's a big fat elephant in the room right now. I think we should address it. Jack Eichel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I forgot about him. Well, well he's still on the team. He's still on the team. Nothing's happened. Yeah. I mean, the, the Pagulas don't want to take on money. And until they change that stance, he's not going anywhere because. For God's sake, what are they? They're ten plus million under the floor right now. You got your RFAs to sign. That's probably gonna take you about ten million. Then you trade Eichel. Then you're ten million under again. What are you gonna do? I don't know how the Sabers could go from a series of penny pinching owners like Tom Galsano before, who you know had money, not as much money as Pagulas and ran a really good competitive team on a minimal budget to then go to a team with what should be unlimited resources and you're worse somehow with more money to spend and now you're not willing to take on money for all of the wrong reasons and you're not being proactive of how to be good while on a budget. Yeah. Just a little thought there. I don't get it. I just don't understand. Look at what the Coyotes are doing. They've made like four con- bad contract trades. They got the ninth overall pick from the Canucks while dumping Oliver Ekman Larson. By the way, they pretty much gave the middle finger of the NHL by saying, "Okay, if you're going to take our pick from us, we're going to keep trying to move look at." Up. The, I'll read it off to you. I have the full list here, and I don't think they're done yet. I believe they're going to well, trade it, Phil Kessel too. It's it's just it's inexcusable for the Sabers to not have been involved in any of this stuff. Yeah. Okay, so leaving Arizona, Oliver Ekman Larson, Aiden Hill, Connor Garland, a 2023 and a 2022 seventh round pick. Would you like to hear what they got? <laughs> yes. 2021 first round pick from Vancouver. Uh, drafted Dylan Gunther, great player. 
2021 second round pick, some character named Moser. 2022 second, 2022 second, 2022 second, 2022 second, 2024 second, conditional 2023 third, 2022 seventh, 2023 seventh. Uh, former second-round pick from last year from the Panthers, Vladislav Kolyachanik, Shane Gossespierre, Anton Strahlman, Andrew Ladd, Yosef Koronash, Antoine Roussel, Jay Beagle, and Louis Erickson. And it seems like... I'm Just to take on money. Aiden Hill is already gone, and I believe there was rumors of Ranta to Carolina I that I believe so. I saw. I saw that. And I saw something as well that Darcy Kemper. Kemper to Toronto has been a hot right. rumor. Yeah. So they're going to have no money in goaltenders. Yeah. It, it's just a massive. I'm surprised they traded Hill, but I would imagine they would have lost him to Seattle had they not traded him. But they got a second-round pick for him. So there, there's a couple of ways of looking at it. Uh, I mean, this is a very good thing for the Coyotes. Well, they're also and, tanking for Shane Wright. Like, that's that's right. very obvious. Yeah. Or or you could say, well, they're probably broke, which yeah. you'd certainly hope not. Well, you look, Gossespierre's a reclamation project. Mm-hmm. He's boomer bust. Strawman, tank player. He's washed up. Mm-hmm. Andrew Ladd, tank player. Coronash, is he one of your goalies next year? If that's the case, tank player. Mm-hmm. Roussel, Beagle, and Erickson, if they're playing on your team, they're going to have roles. Like, this is going to be a terrible team. They might be worse than the Sabres next year. And Nicholas Jalmerson just retired, retired as well. Yeah. So another contract on the books and another they, Most of their defensemen team. are not under contract. I'm going to pull up their cap friendly mm-hmm. here. Arizona is going to be an interesting team to watch next year. I They will be. They picked up a lot of picks. They have five second-round picks in 2022. Five mm-hmm. second-round picks. Today has been a weird day of deja vu i'm gonna include this in today okay it feels like 2015 again you got the 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 sabers and the coyotes battling for last place randall cobb going back to the packers <laughs> and apparently uh rumors of flurry going back to the penguins so this feels oh like, they're talking about trading him uh well again? it was a it, it was a article of speculation one of those yeah, feature flurry things, going but... to the blackhawks and i guess Flurry doesn't want to right. play for the Blackhawks. But it, it feels like six years ago, and yeah. I'm scared. I want uh, to end. Want to take a gander at Arizona's defense? Anton Strahlman, Jacob Chikorin, Shane Gossespierre, and Ilya Labishkin. Demirs, Goligoski, Osterly, Ness, and Gross, all UFAs. And I don't think Goligoski will be back. I, apparently he's going to Minnesota. Mm-hmm. But when you look at their defense, uh, Victor Soderstrom will probably jump up. Capo Bianco as well. They're going to be... Yeah. They're going to be horrifically bad, yeah. yeah Especially it, if they trade Kessel and Kemper. Also, talk of uh, Dvorak going. It, it it reminds me, honestly, the Sabres goaltending situation away, because if Allmark leaves, who's in goal for you next year? Yeah, it's essentially But the for the Coyotes, who's going to play for them next year? They don't have All anybody. All these contract dumps. Like Louis Erickson Louis might Erickson? have a top six role on this team. Yeah. Johan Larson might be the top center. <laughs> That's yeah. That's a that's a uh, that's a really rough team. looking team. At that point, you might as well just trade Clayton Keller and Schmaltz and Dvorak and just completely start from scratch. Yeah. Chikorin too. Well, because what Jacob Chikorin is how old now? He's twenty three. By the time you're done with this massive rebuild, he's gonna be twenty seven. They gave him a nice new contract. He's got though. four years left. Four point six. That's a great contract for him. Yeah, yeah. So the Coyotes. We went off on this tangent on the Coyotes, but the Sabres, why didn't they do any of these moves? I don't know. It's one of those things that just, it it, it, it makes you think, like, is anybody there? Yeah. Right? Is anybody, like, aware of this stuff that's happening? The Coyotes, at this rate, they're going to call Tampa and get a first-round pick to take Tyler Johnson. Mm-hmm. Someone has to, it has to be coming from somebody. Somebody is saying, no, we're not going to take part in any of this. I mean, the Sabres have the most cap space in the league now. Yeah, they do. And it's, it's going to get even worse when they trade Eichel. But mm-hmm. they need to take on money because no one can just fit in $10 million comfortably on their payroll. Mm-hmm. Like Minnesota, they're not going to trade Dumba now. They lost so- Susie. Your, your, your depth is shattered at that point because you lost Suter as well. So you lost two of your top six defensemen. You can't trade Dumba to clear the cap space. Their only option is to trade Matt Zuccarello, who's got three years left at $6 million, but he's got no move clause. 
I don't know. Or there is the option, of course, of or you can retaining trade. salary. Yeah, which we'll talk about that in a second here. But mm-hmm. it seems like Minnesota's only option, since the Sabers are so hell bent on not taking any money back in this trade, they need to trade these players to somewhere else. Mm-hmm. You need to find somewhere where Matt Zuccarello will want to go to, or Victor Rask. But then again, the question marks with the injury and hey, that's a lot of money. Is his neck okay? Oh, you don't want to show us his medical reports? Okay, no thanks. It's tough. This is a tough trade to work out. I don't know. I'm I'm hopeful that it gets done. I just want this to be over with. But, yeah, I can see a world where Jack Eichel shows up to camp. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I there. I mean, it's, it's looking increasingly likely that he could play a game or two next season i think prove that you're healthy because mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i i think adams is clearly staying firm as he should uh, yeah i don't want to get burnt in this trade i don't want no ranger trade no it, which their untouchable list is hilarious it's kind of scary though that the sabers were asking for nils lundquist yeah well, yeah you know and Braden schneider yeah it sounded like they were asking for both but you know, you know what I mean. It's kind of like you should be asking for more than that, Kevin. It's you also scary I mean? that they were asking for Spencer Knight from mm. the Panthers, mm-hmm. not Anton Lundell. So they're they're clearly coveting a goalie. But uh... yeah, this is what I've been thinking. I haven't said it out loud yet, but you know, Terry Pagula, what identity has always been working for the Sabers for the past several years? Build from the goalie out. Mm-hmm. It would not surprise me at all if Terry Pagula goes out and says, you know what, this didn't work. We're going to go back to building from the crease on out. Yeah. Well, if if you're a good negotiator, you got to say you want something more than what you actually expect to get, and yeah. then they talk you down from there. I think the Sabres need to start doing a little bit more of that in these negotiations. At this point, Minnesota – Makes the most sense. Mm-hmm. Vegas, after clearing the seven million dollars for Flurry, makes a lot of sense. I don't. What else could they be planning to do with that money, unless they want to pick up a, a center like Kuznetsov? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Um, or another guy in the wing like Landis Cog. There was another team that I was thinking about. Break up. I don't think Anaheim is happening anymore. Now the third yeah. overall pick is gone. Yeah, they're not going to trade McTavish after getting him. Mm-mm. Also, that was a nice surprise. I like Mason McTavish a lot. I didn't, I don't, I never would have thought he would have gone third, though. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, it seems to me, I feel like Vegas is going to happen. Kelly McCrimmon came out today and said that they're not all that worried about their center position. But come on. Or what if they go? They're in. They're in this. What if they try? What if their backup plan? If say they don't get Jack, okay, pull a power move, break up your your biggest enemy. And steal Landis Cog away. I know it's another winger, but yeah, I mean the the offer for Landis Cog is reportedly seven, seven by seven. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. There's no state income there. taxes in Nevada as well, mm. so maybe it takes a little discount. Mm-hmm. I you mentioned retaining salary. I think at this point you need to maximize every bit of value you can get. I would retain half of Eichel's salary. Mm-hmm. What do they do five years from now? Where are we in five years? Who are we paying in five years? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, five million on the books will be nothing. Okay, we're worrying about Owen Power coming off his ELC in five years, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And knowing this team, Rasmus Dahlin will receive a series of bridge deals and his contract will We're talking about trading Rasmus Dahlin five years from now after we're barely, we're limping into mm-hmm. a playoff spot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, retain his salary for God's sake. If you don't, if you don't, they probably don't want to do that either. <laughs> That's we. When was the last time we saw a team retain a lot of money on a contract for that long? Phil Kessel, Toronto, but they didn't even retain that much. It was like less than two million, and maybe five million is excessive. But you retain three, Eichel becomes a seven million dollar player, much more marketable and tradable. Yes, sure. You retain three million on Eichel. What was that give you extra in a trade? Another first round pick? Sign me up. Yeah, another player that is worth 
Three million, right? Yeah, that would I, probably be I, I typical first rounder. Again, I'm not worried about the cap. I know for whatever reason, Sabres fans have been like, "Oh, we gotta, we gotta clear this money out. We gotta get Skinner off. We gotta get Oposo off." But like, look at the grand scheme of things here. Who are we paying? Mm-hmm. We gotta pay Cousins next two years from now. Uh, you're paying Darlene, Yoki Haru, Middlestat now. Those guys aren't getting a massive deals, unless you're giving them term. And hopefully the cap space or the salary cap starts to go up too. Yeah, we're talking five years from now. Years. Yeah, yeah, I would retain that. I don't think the Sabers are going to do it, but it seems like the only viable option at this point mm-hmm. if they don't want to take on money. And I think you get more if you retain. If you retain mm-hmm. salary on Eichel, you get a lot more. Eichel at half the price. Mm-hmm. You're talking two first round picks at retaining five million. I feel like not a lot of people have been thinking about this, but this is a great idea that the Sabres should be using. That's the kind of shrewdness that can turn your team around in the end if you accumulate enough assets, which you I think that's what gets can you do. full value mm-hmm. for Jack Eichel, retaining salary. You're paying $5 million essentially, for a few more things. Okay, and worst comes to worst, Jack Eichel doesn't come back to his elite form. Mm-hmm. He's still you're paying him as a second line center at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just something to chew on. Let us know what you think about that. Mm-hmm. All right, is there any other saber stuff going on? Oh, Drake Kajula signed today. Like, I'm happy right with be- that. Right before we started recording, a one year deal, seven hundred fifty thousand league minimum. Uh, here's a piece of news that just came in. It looks like Nate Schmidt. So the Winnipeg Jets, interesting. big fan of his. I was going to say the Sabre, when we were talking about the Canucks, I was going to say that uh, Nate Schmidt would be an interesting option if the Sabres can gain assets to uh, take on that contract. Bringing in a couple of the, uh, a couple of former Capitals defenders. Yeah. I don't know if Brendan Dillon was on the Stanley Cup team or not. I know for sure that Nate Schmidt was because that was his star-making performance that series. Big fan of that trade. Hopefully, I wonder what the return is if they gave right. up anything at all. Right. So, uh, oh, another bit of news: Jonathan Bernier has not been able to find a deal with the Carolina Hurricanes. So Nedeljkovic has been traded for a third-round pick. Right. Uh, Yaroslav Halak to the Vancouver Canucks looks like a lock, according to Pierre Lebrun. Uh, I'm just looking at more. You know what? Uh, reminds me, Brayden Holpe could be an option for the Sabres. I thought they should have traded for his contract. I, they probably could have gotten a second-round pick or something. Well, he's been bought out, so you can start fresh. James Neal got bought out today mm-hmm. as well. Uh, Getzlaff looks like he's testing free agency. I'm just looking quickly. That'll here. be intriguing. Yeah, um, Nate Schmidt to Vancouver. I'm looking at for a return here. Hmm. Yeah, I thought that Schmidt could have been an interesting pickup for the Sabres. But, oh well. Uh, so, there, yeah, there will be some yeah. intriguing options. It's just, I mean, who's going to want to come to this team next year? Oh. Never mind. Oh. It looks. I thought that David Pagnota said, "Curious how Boston resigning Mike Riley." Oh yeah, Mike Riley's resigned with Boston three times three. Okay. Okay. Yeah, well, uh, Drake Casual though. I'm just to yeah back back round on, that up back to our topic there. Yeah. Uh, I, I really liked him last year. Yeah, he was hard, okay. hard worker. Played the. He's course. a tank player. Yes, tank player indeed. Uh, but he was he was fun to watch. Uh. Good skater. I'm, I mean, I'm looking forward to um, seeing. I mean, maybe he's a guy who can turn into someone that you include in a deadline deal, right? Like a, like a Curtis Lazar type yeah. player. It's a uh, third-round pick going back to Vancouver for Nate Schmidt. Okay. So it's not a negative value trade. Yeah. So, uh, no, casual I'm a fan of, though. I would sign Shahan, be your 13th, have those guys be your 13th and 14th forwards. Well, I said this to you before we came on the air here. I mean, they could be your... 11th and 12th forwards. Yeah, you never know. Play every night. <laughs> I would send uh, Eakin and Oposo to Siberia and have them be your 13th and 14th forwards. Because you got to imagine if, if and when Eichel goes, you're going to have at least a couple players in that trade that are going to be playing on your team. So, yeah, it'll be interesting. 
Uh, do you see Tony D'Angelo is likely going to the Carolina Hurricanes? Yes, I'm. I'm. I'm shocked. After all that the Canadians did during the draft, it was not Montreal inquiring about him. I but. saw somewhere that the Hurricanes are also interested in Jake Vertanen. They're trying to go for all the controversial guys. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, hey, if it's gonna fly anywhere, it's with It'll fly in the a, south. It, it's in, in the Carolina. south. And I don't know what their hockey coverage is like out there, how in tune they are with what's going on around the league. But God bless him. Yeah, you mentioned uh, Montreal picking Logan Mayu yes. in the first round. That, that was something all right. Oh, mm-hmm. man. And then, I, can't, I, I couldn't believe it. I'm glad I turned the TV off by then and tried going to sleep. I didn't have to see that on live TV. And oh, immediately after, the Blackhawks pull a publicity stunt, mm-hmm. right, bringing out uh, – you know, using a couple of women on their staff as props pretty much to combat, yeah. obviously. Gutless, just completely the, gutless. Uh, sexual harassment investigation that's going on there. Uh, so not a good end to the first round for the league. Um, I thought the presentation of the, the draft was atrocious. For I your, thought it was bad, too. For your debut event, yeah. it was dry. I, I mean, I know it's virtual. I know the guys, the prospects, a lot of them didn't even play this year. It's probably not a whole lot of footage if they played at all, but you got to improve the presentation somehow. They you were using like, the NHL Network. They were using it, and that it's it's just I didn't like that. Not a good first impression. Okay, mm-hmm. I uh, I hope TNT does a little better. You can't simulcast the same stuff on two networks, yeah. right? I don't think that's if you're going to do a simulcast, <laughs> it has to be you know tricast. Yeah, yeah, really. You can't you can't do a a, a tricast. Uh, but no, um, not impressed. Uh, didn't help that you had the commissioner there in front of a boring graphic, just staring dryly into the camera, announcing picks. There was nothing entertaining that, uh, a casual fan, um, you know, if you're just tuning in for the first time. Would, would I did like see. Sam Cosentino's analysis. Um, Kevin Weeks brought some good analysis. Weeks as is well. really good. Yeah, Kevin Weeks and Sam Cosentino were good. Jeff Gorton was there too. You got to have the token front office, uh, former front office person from the NHL on there as well. I didn't like uh, Bucci Gross. It's just weird because, like, yeah, I know everyone bags on Pierre Maguire, but I really liked the NBC lineup for the draft coverage. Bob McKenzie, Craig Button, Darren Dreger. They had all TSN guys there, and I, it's a really a shame. And I I really like Liam McHugh as a host as well. I thought he always did a really good yes. job. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm looking at my phone here. I'm trying to find the ratings for the TV ratings mm-hmm. uh, for the draft, but I'm not. If you type in NHL draft ratings, you're going to get prospect ratings. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know what to type in. But I, I thought it was kind of um, – it was deflating hearing John Butchergross saying, you know, Elliot Friedman, This is he's our Adam Schefter. It's like, wow, you're starting from scratch here. Yeah, literally. Right? You have to explain to people. And, you know, even if you say that, Introducing this guy as our Adam Schefter isn't going to hook anybody in, right? You're not For sure. You're, you're barely showing any clips. You're showing boring graphics in dull, dark colors. I was not a fan of anything uh, about it. I think the NHL Network too is bad. Yeah, um, I didn't really like. I'd never have been a fan of the NHL Network presentation. No, no. And I was really disappointed that they didn't have any ESPN presentation. Maybe it's still in the can. They're still waiting to. Unleash it upon the world. Yeah. Um, why maybe they're still working on it. Why didn't they have Linda Cohn anchor it? Yeah. She, you know, yeah. she has the ESPN Plus show. They did have Emily Kaplan. Uh, I mean, she they, they didn't. Columbus. Right. They they didn't put uh, Greg Wyshynski on at all. Uh, they have quite the array of talent that will be on their broadcast, as we know. They released that. I think they could have done a lot more, but they went with the sticking NHL Network talent uh, in there, including the one insider who didn't know. He had absolutely 
zero clue what a PowerPoint was. Like I'd never seen. That was, uh, was Sam it Cosentino. That was Sam Cosentino. Oh, that was Sam Cosentino. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Uh, this man, and if, if this. folks, if you were watching the second day of the draft, it was very early. The, I, I can't put it into words. Like, I've never seen somebody not know about something as much as this man <laughs> did not know what a PowerPoint is. So much so that he made the point that he made a power. I forget who he was talking about, but I don't he, remember who he, he was made a power. This is what he said about a guy. He said he made. Oh, a po- it was. Uh, I think it was. Someone who went to Shattuck St. Mary's. <laughs> yeah. Might have been Scott Morrow. Yeah, let, let's just say it was him. And he, he goes, you know, he, he made a PowerPoint presentation. Clearly he has resources to do that. So <laughs> so he has Google Docs. <laughs> and like, the resources to make a PowerPoint. <laughs> I'm looking it up to see. If- and I, I, I thought that was hilarious. Just zero... <laughs> Not a he inkling. made a PowerPoint. I don't even know what that is. Yeah, I don't even know what that is. Whatever a PowerPoint presentation is. Like, my God. Oh, well. I, that, that really cracked me up. That was probably the highlight of the weekend for me. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think Eichel gets traded tomorrow? Are we going to have to do an emergency podcast? I don't think it happens. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. Mm-hmm. Hopefully by next Tuesday when we have our next show. If Eichel does get traded tomorrow or the day after, we'll have to do an emergency podcast on Friday. Okay. We'll have to figure something out. Yeah, yeah, we can do it. We that. don't want to wait too long and keep our listeners waiting. I have a tiny window. I have a tiny window of time there. Uh, I won. Oh, I want this is what I want to say. Coming here in the evenings on these Tuesday nights when we record has become the highlight of my week. Yeah, it's a good time. There 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 is something night like cool about being in an empty building in a basement where no one else is in a bunker. In a bunker uh as the sun comes down. You know, it's just like there's something it's refreshing. Uh, it's refreshing, right? It feels like we're we're in our own space, like we're we're in our own bunker. Yeah, it's fear bunker. It's a fear bunker. But uh, no, I want to get that out there. All right. Uh, there's been news around the league. Any thoughts about stuff that we haven't touched on yet? Hmm. I'm thinking whether it's a trade signing. Ovechkin resigned with yeah. Washington, yeah. so he 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 can do it. He can play serviceably it's a those five, five years. Deal, right? yeah. Yes. I, I I can't I don't think his legs will give out. Plus with his shot, it's arguable that he doesn't need his legs in the first place. Yeah. Um I he's he's pursuing the record. As he should. As he should, I, I, I think he will be successful in achieving that as well. But you know what's funny? About twenty minutes before that I was thinking, like, before the deal was announced, I was thinking, man, I wonder when that uh, Ovechkin deal is going to come out. And then a little while later, I get the OV back in D.C. alert. You know and what I, I think? think it is. Hmm. Henrik Lundqvist reportedly wants to play again. Vitek Vanacek is gone. Does he go back to Washington if he's cleared to play? I think so. Unfinished business, you know? Yes, unfinished business. Let him join that veteran core and try and run it back. Yeah, for sure. Hopefully he can play. All right. You got anything else you want to talk about before we sign off here? No, I haven't been able to. Nothing else comes to mind. Yeah, nothing else comes to mind for me. I feel like we might be missing something big. Oh, Linus Allmark reportedly uh, might be signing with Boston. They have some interest. The Sabres still want to sign him. Again, I'm going to take my victory lap, pat myself on the back for – Calling the Linus Allmark situation months ago, saying that he should have been traded for futures, and people yelled at me, calling me an idiot for wanting to trade a goalie who is going to walk for nothing on the brink of a rebuild. And then he got injured and played like two games after the trade deadline. I mean, like, if you're Linus Allmark, what are you picking, Buffalo or Boston? What What would you do? You're 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 likely all you're you're going to be probably in the the same position you were in here splitting time but this time on a winning team 
Halak, not Halak. I'm sorry, Rask. Rask might not even sign. They might not. They might not want to sign him. Right. Who? <clears throat> what situation are, are you choosing? Even if Allmark gets less money from the four Bruins. million on, on the Bruins on a winning team or five million on the worst team in the league. Right. Which are you picking? Right. I, I, Allmark's a competitor. He's going to want to win. Mm-hmm. I, I I'm think picking Boston. The Bruins are a, a no-brainer if you're a professional athlete. With that kind of competitive drive, you're going to or uh, Carolina. If Carolina they have interest, needs a goalie. yeah. Um, yeah, there's other teams around the league as well. Edmonton might mm-hmm. they can dump off Koskinen somewhere. Mm-hmm. Buffalo, hello. Take on that bad money. Yeah, it should be interesting. Also, we didn't talk about uh, unqualified RFAs. Uh, any of those guys pique your interest for the Sabers? I know a lot of people are talking about Nick Ritchie. Maybe him. That's that's an intriguing one. Power forward. Of course. I mean, that Power might be... Power forward who can play. The unqualified RFAs might be what the Sabres are forced to look at because it's going to be guys that are trying to prove themselves yeah. and might have no other Pai options. Sutter. Pai Sutter. That's right, from the Blackhawks. Uh, so that's one thing to keep He's an eye on. He's not going to come here, though. <laughs> Young players... Uh, Cliff Pooh, I believe, is yes, in that Cliff group. Poo. Yeah. Bring him back. Be an Amherst. The Amherst need players. Yeah, Amherst need players too, mm-hmm. especially forwards. Yes. All right, I think we'll leave off on that note <laughs> on Cliff Pooh. On Cliff I'm Poo. sure we ended off on Cliff Pooh four years ago as well. Yes, yes, yes. All right, if you enjoyed, let us know. We'll be back in a week or less, depending on if Jack Eichel gets traded. Um. Yeah, we'll we'll see you next week. Uh, if you enjoyed, let us know. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Charging Buff. Uh, keep it locked in on SoundCloud, uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Subscribe. The uh, just search for the Charging Buffalo Podcast. Hit the subscribe button, and you'll be notified whenever we upload. But we're also tweeting out the links as well. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter as well, Joe TCB NHL, and Luke is at LVKETCB. Hope you enjoyed, and we'll see you in the next one.